Come here, you. Hey, hey. Gina, will you lower that? We can't hear nothing. I said he shouldn't have been let back into Ireland. That was my opinion. And what's your opinion now? Still the same. I think it was the right, but the wrong place to do it. This is a land of begrudgers. What I'm trying to find out is if anybody is still thinking or talking about Japan, Korea, World Cup, and what happened just before it. <laughs> when you walk down any street in Ireland and go into any pub in Ireland, people are still talking about it. We could do it without this controversy at this particular stage. Action, get up the yard! Saipan, May 2002. If you didn't live in Ireland at the time, or you're too young to remember, this is a chance to catch up. It was an event that consumed and convulsed the country. It was about sport, but it wasn't really about sport. If you had never talked to your mother about soccer, you would have talked to her about Saipan. We wrung our hands in desperation, waved them in anger, and joined them in fervent prayer that maybe the whole Saipan fiasco wasn't happening. And even when it was happening, we prayed and wished that it was all just a little tiff, that Ireland was just a private plane flight away from World Cup glory. Is it six years, I suppose? I don't know imagine, is it? It must be 15 years. 15? It's never 15, is oh, it? there you go now. When was that? That was 1992, was it? Ten years ago, was it? Was it that long ago, was it? It wasn't that long ago. You think of 2002, you don't think of Japan, you don't think of penalty shootouts. There's only one word, Saipan. It's Saipan ten years ago. Uh, um, it wasn't the, the atomic bomb, no. No, no. Soy pan. The soy pan. Soy pan. Oh, soy pan. Good morning, RT Radio 1 on Friday the 17th of May. It's half past seven. This is Morning Island with Rasheen Duffy and David Hanley. The news headlines. Preparations are underway across the country for polling day. Voting centres will be open for 15 hours. And the Republic of Ireland soccer squad will leave Dublin Airport this morning to begin final preparations for their World Cup campaign. Tour operator responsible is Ray Tracy. Where are they going? Uh, to Saipan, which is one of the Marianas Islands out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and uh, where the temperature is 85 to 90 degrees and uh, the humidity is also 85 degrees. So it's going to be warm, hot and sticky. Roshin Ingle writing in the Times says that employers are planning to play ball with football supporters desperate to get off work to watch the World Cup. Many large companies are planning to bring in large screens and stream the matches onto desk. Because there was money in the country at the time. Everybody was looking forward to a big, a big jolly up. The contrast between then and previous World Cups was huge because there was expectation then. 
whereas before we just seemed so delighted to be there and we just didn't expect anything from it whereas in 2002 I think people actually expected a result Duff trying to go up the right-hand side and put them under pressure. He went to throw Damien Duff in line. World Cup was always a huge occasion in the house. Just goes inside, his man controls the pass well to Mark Kinsler. Kinsler switches the play to Gary Kelly. Everyone was looking forward to the World Cup. Goes off a great pace down the right-hand side. Damien Duff comes wide to receive. There's McIntyre. First time in eight years, so everyone was delighted. Really optimistic. Shea Given receives the ball. Plays it out to Gary Kelly in the right full-back position. Election done and dusted, but our focus has moved to Japan. At this stage, Mick McCarthy and the lads, I think, are reasonably well settled in their humid base in Saipan before they head to Japan for their date with Cameroon on the 1st of June. Uh, they're not the only ones who will be there. The people were out there thinking, yeah, we're going to win this. You know, we've got Roy King on board, we're going to win it, you know. The lads were on holiday on a tropical island. They'd had a long season. They needed to rest up before Japan and all was good. Until maybe you turned on the Vincent Brown programme on late night radio. Oh, sorry, we don't have the caveman. We go to the star, Catherine Halloran. Uh, Catherine, what's in the star tomorrow? Um, Roy Keane lost his cool today uh, during a training session and uh, had a bit of a verbal spat, not only with um, the boss Mick McCarthy, but also with Packy Bonner and Alan Kelly. And it's believed that, that Keane was a little bit mad with the training schedule that had been worked out for the goalkeepers because they were allowed to sit out the 30-minute training session, whereas the rest of the lads had to run up and down the pitch. Hiya. Can I throw a word at you? Saipan. Roy Keane? Yeah, well, as, as far as I saw, anyway, it was Roy Keane threw the rattler out of the cradle because the, the blankets in the cot weren't warm enough. And you can call him next This morning he said the training facilities at the team's pre-World Cup base in Saipan were shocking and worse than a car park. He said he wanted to do his country proud, but... About something about playing in the, the weather, the grass or something, was it? The weather, the patch, the, the pitch wasn't right. Well, the facilities and all this kind of stuff for the training and all that wasn't up to scratch and Roy Keane was just getting his point across. He wanted more for Ireland. The treasurer of the Football Association of Ireland, John Delaney, says the FAI always did its best to accommodate the players. We've always listened to Roy's concerns. In the past, he criticised the AUL complex on the surface, so we moved to Baldonnell. Um, to St Francis Ground which he's pleased with he criticised the airport hotel because there was too many people walking around it we moved to the City West Hotel he criticised the fact that that, uh, the players weren't travelling first class we moved the players up to first class so we've always listened to his concerns in the past Never win first place I don't support the team I can't take direction Now Roy Keane threatening to walk out well, what I don't like about this hysteric is the way the media kind of hone in on this straight away, you know. I wish they'd give the guy a break because, I mean, he's under tremendous pressure, number one. He's one of the best, if not, some people say the best midfield player in the world, right? He's playing for one of the best teams in the world, man, you know, he's What side were you on? You couldn't sit on the fence. You may never have kicked a ball in your life, but you had to have an opinion. Was this about the new professional Ireland or the old easygoing place? You had to pick a side. Are you with the ace midfield Roy Keane or are you with the manager Mick McCarthy and the Football Association, the FAI? It was a big divide, it split the country. 
And people are getting walked up taking sides. Mick was right and Roy was right. All this conversation going on over the football and Roy Keane. The same, I had to go into work in bad form listening to it. And I was, I'm and what, why has it got you rattled? Well, it's just the way they're carrying on, ringing in and giving out about him. I mean, even Fred is, is, is soon forgotten. I mean, 50% everywhere. 50 in favour and 50 against, you know. Often went to fisticuffs. <laughs> Same everywhere, no matter where I went. I went in holidays and I was still ahead in different places. You know, one man doesn't make a team. I've managed under 8, 9, 10s, 11s, up to 15 years of age. Mm. And if I had one individual disturbing the pack, he'd be gone. People had stupid allegiances just because he was a Manchester United player at the time, that therefore he could do no wrong if you're a Man United fan. The manager in Manchester United, Alec Ferguson, was able to handle Roy Keane, but he handled him because he realised he was such a valuable asset. I mean, the polarisation between Cork and Dublin. <laughs> you know, to have a word for him in Cork. Gold bag would have been a very popular word. Langer in Cork, I guess, would have been... A, yeah, you know. actually, most of the Cork lads went to Roy's side anyway. Yeah. I suppose I'm, I'm Cork and I'm a Roy supporter. You know, he's one of our own, and I suppose I kind of felt, oh, come on, we need him, you know? Cork people automatically, they... The comparisons of Michael Collins, you know, yeah, and all, all that sort of stuff. Uh, T-shirts brought out about, uh, right. you know, another Corkman. And yeah. the shot in the back yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was, it was, there was an, an automatic, um, you know, presumption of innocence on the part of Cork people. That's a big one. That's <laughs> <laughs> Dr Mick. Uh, <laughs> Professor. Uh. We're filling in a, a nice point of Guinness uh, for the gentleman outside the counter. The Temple Acre Tavern in Garana Brauer on the north side of Cork City. Roy Keane used to drink here. Well, we have, uh, you know, a couple of... Um, T-shirts donated by Ray Keane. There's a pity there's a Man United one, though. Oh, eh? That's the shit I hate. <laughs> <laughs> who, are you, who are you following now? This is up there, look. Leeds, is it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Who are the league? <laughs> Should I stand back now with the two oh. <laughs> Will I hold your jacket? That's <laughs> nah, just doing the wall. It's guys here. It's like Man United or no one. Can I turn? Derby country. Oh, 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 oh. And then Liverpool. And Liverpool, I catch up Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Liverpool. McCarthy shouldn't have been the man for the job anyway in the staff. I don't think he should have been there. But he, he had his uh, opinion, and your man had his opinion. McCarthy, he didn't train him that way, like, like he wanted to uh, train you know, better gear and all that. Well, I reckon he was right anyway, right, right team. Your opinions, your man, it is opinions. We went out with a junior team. We went out with a load of professionals. They should have had professionals. They should have been treated like professionals. They should have the right training ground and this and that, right? But he only went down to it. It was a bog. So that's what he said. It was tarmac. Yeah, that's what he said. It was a bad way to treat the international team, like, going abroad, you know. Dry Keane wanted to go out there to win the World Cup. Oh, I remember a lot of my mates falling out over there, up around the hill there. But I didn't see him arguing, like, but, you know, like, you'd, you'd get the buzz like the walls, you know. Oh, I met Ray a few times here and there, like. Well, Ray Keane is just one of our own, you know. He's an outsider, like. He's from the north side of the city, like. <laughs> you get a cup of tea and rice, he cries in sounds like. If you went down to the other side, you wouldn't. Like. <laughs> it was bad from the FBI. Here's the real problem. That's why they're going down again.
Well, the Republic of Ireland squad trained today in Saipan and according to our reporter Gabriel Egan, Keane took a full part in the session. Meanwhile, so back in 2002 and back in Saipan, there was toing and froing between Roy and the Irish contingent. Roy had said he was fed up and wanted to go home, but he felt he should stay. It was the soap played out on the radio. Mick McCarthy, having spoken to Roy, that Roy told him that uh, last night when he came to him and told him that he wanted to uh, pull out, he wanted to uh, go home uh, for two reasons. One was the concerns that he had about his knee, which is ongoing, as we know. He nurses this uh, troublesome knee, has been doing so for the last couple of years, and it flares up and blows up on him every so often. And the other was for personal reasons. There were some personal things that he needed to sort out. Uh, There were the reasons he gave Mick McCarthy. Tell me about the people then who took real sides. Well, the guy I remember, if... He was a Roy Keane addict, like he had Roy Keane shirts, he lived Roy Keane, he lived Manchester United. And what I found was, if you were a Manchester United fan, all rational argument went out of the way, he was a Manchester United player, that's all there was to it. If you were from Cork, more or less you were a, you, you were a Roy Keane fan. If you were from Cork and Manchester United, there was, you didn't even talk to these people. There was no argument whatsoever. As I say, there, there was one chap at work who just... He said, this is it, I have nothing to do with the Irish team. When the World Cup comes, I'm, I'm not watching. I'm not watching any game type of thing. He'd even sit in front of the TV and turn it off not to watch it. You think that sounds ridiculous? Next time you meet someone who was around at the time, tell them a Saipan mania story and see if they can top it. I heard a story about a, a taxi driver and a passenger who had polar opposite views on it and the, towards the end of the ride and they're coming to town the driver th- threw the passenger out on O'Connell Street Very much Vincent now we go to Ian Mallon of the Star Ian what's in the Star tomorrow? Well Vincent as you might have guessed uh, it's all right a lot of Roy Keane stuff a lot of great stuff we have tomorrow uh, it was this time yesterday Vincent and the unthinkable happened and Roy Keane walked out the Irish squad uh, leaving us in the lurch for the World Cup um, apparently now the line There was, that there we're was a terrible big uh, debate about it and the attitude was Roy he reneged on his country, which he did. You know. The Mariners pub in the town of Drogheda, home of Irish players Gary Kelly and his nephew, Ian Hart. You know, like, he decided, he decided, why wasn't that um, sorted out before they got onto the plane? That's not the point. The point is very simple. Him, the manager has a job to do without anybody turning around and, and being booking in something. There's millions of kids in this country who'd love to be in Roy Keane's boots to get to a World Cup. Or got, like Jim, you've got, to, you've got to accept it wasn't Mick McCarthy that boot the hotel. Thank you very much, Anne. Now, John Kenny is here with all the day's sports news. The next episode in the Saipan soap. Roy had said he was leaving the team. He's changed his mind. He's staying. Well, it's emerged today that Mick McCarthy sent a fax to FIFA with his 23-man World Cup squad, which didn't include the name of Roy Keane. Keane pulled out of the squad yesterday and McCarthy called up Colin Healy as a replacement. However, Keane then had a change of heart. McCarthy had to send a second fax to FIFA with Keane's name on the list, which just beat the FIFA deadline for naming his 23-man squad. Keane revealed that his Manchester United boss Alex Ferguson had persuaded him to stay on for the World Cup after he decided to leave the squad yesterday. But he confirmed that Ireland's final game in Korea or Japan would be his last in a green shirt. His sanity, he said, is more important. It became all very macho. And as a woman, I did stand back from that to some extent at the time because I can remember Dunphy being interviewed on radio and it was all about, you know, he's the man, he's, he's the man, you know, he needs to do this, he needs to do that and, you know, he's the rogue elephant sort of thing. And I was just saying, he's a football player. He's the captain of the team. 
you know, he needs to take responsibility, you know. Describe for me what it would have been like if it was two women fighting. If it was two women fighting, you would have had tears, tantrums, and then they would have come back if they'd valued what was between them. Where I was, Keane was getting most of the blame because you're working there, you're representing your country, try to be professional, not a two-year-old. And did, did, uh, it seemed to be a lot of the, the, the discussions at the time were also about respect for your elders, that no matter what you thought about your bosses, you always <laughs> agreed with them. Not agreed, but sort of tried to act yeah. professional. That's the thing I was always kind of involved. You try, you're doing a job, you might not like the guy, you might despise the guy, you might not exactly weep if he winds up dead, but you're there to do a job. Get on with it. Then, although Roy had decided to stay, he had also decided to vent about the Saipan setup to the Irish Times and Morning Ireland. You know, you want to do your country proud, but you don't need obstacles in your way every every few yards, and that's the way it feels. For me, anyway, personally, you know, throughout my international career, there's always been a negative attitude, I think, towards me and from certain people in the press, but I know they have a job to do, and I, I do res- respect that. Um, but, as I said, I don't need a hassle anymore in my life. I've got more important things to worry about, which is true. It really is, and as much as I love football, it, uh, as I said, there's more important things for me to worry about at this precise moment in time. Roy Keane was wrong. Even now you're saying that? Yeah, totally. And you had that opinion at the time as well? Yes, yeah. why, do you, why do you say that? Never question management. Are you a manager? Yes. <laughs> sure, it's an ongoing kind of thing. There's always going to be this clash and people are always going to be pushing the boundaries. Every time you get a text from your daughter who's 16 who wants to stay out beyond midnight and you have to reply to her only if I can text you or only if I can pick you up from where you're supposed to be. Ian Mallon in the start. Apparently now the line that we're carrying tomorrow is that Mick McCarthy was fully prepared to let a star player go. In fact, uh, he said something along the lines of, you can go, I'm going to bed. So it was late at night over there, so he, he showed an alarming lack of effort in trying to keep Roy Keane, who is indeed our finest player. Maybe he'd had enough. Well, I mean, Vincent... <laughs> This is Roy Key. This is the man who, who almost single-handedly got us there. I mean, I've been to a lot of matches myself, and, and he, he is something else. He's, we, we, would, we would be at nothing with him out there, and, and, and surely he could have, he could have maybe made, it, made a bit of an effort. I'm sure Mick McCarthy will have a, an alternative view. The, the fact is the two All political careers end in failure. All management careers also end in failure. Really? Absolutely. I worked in a position where, where I had um, a lot of power over people. I've retired, and uh, sometimes power can be used correctly, sometimes incorrectly. I think Roy, Roy Keane is an example of, of uh, an Irish person who is firmly in charge of himself, who's in control, uh, who knows what he wants, a driven person. How did you manage the power yourself? Correctly most of the time. Can I ask you what kind of work you did? What kind of... Admin in public service? I wouldn't care to comment about that. Okay. And were there, did you have mentors? Did you have somebody who Absolutely was an older? Not. No, and that's the no, and that, that, that's actually a mistake. 
And you'd nobody with words of wisdom, no older person who was able to say to you, Bikura Mukhtar. I did, now. but they, they died. They retired too late. I retired early at 59. I'm 59 at the moment. I retired six months ago. Best decision I ever took. And do you have people from your former job ringing you and asking you for advice? Yes. You give it freely? Absolutely. Our sports editor, Tony O'Donoghue, is in Saipan. Just when you thought you understood the story, Roy versus Mick, you turned on the radio to find out that Roy was dealing with other issues too. So we did hear, of course, that uh, Roy had personal problems as well. I asked him, uh, did he want to elaborate on those personal problems? And I got the Roy Keane stare right in the eyes and uh, a very curt no. So um, Roy Keane is certainly playing his last games for Ireland, either in Japan or Korea. What's the name? Um, tried to sort it out. Quinn. Niall Quinn used to start And if, if Niall Quinn couldn't sort it out, nobody could sort it out. Do you remember any older people then when you were starting off working with words of wisdom for you that you might have disregarded at the time and you know? Well, uh, the words of wisdom I always learned from my father was stick to the knitting. A cobbler should always stick to his last. Rather than trying to diversify. Um, yeah, I mean, that's how, I mean, most people in business today, that's where, they're, where the problems uh, arose is that, I mean, like, like myself, everybody dabbled in a bit of property and a bit of shares. But, you know, uh, you know, if we'd have stuck to what we know, we wouldn't be in the situation we are today. Sometimes you can't really worry too much about other people, you know. As I said, I've got to look after Roy Keane. And sometimes, of course, you know, you do have to do what's best for other people. As I said, if it wasn't for my family, probably, and obviously the millions of fans, um, I'm not saying for any other reason. I'd be at home now. Um, but, as I said, enough's enough. Um, I love playing for my country. Um, but my sanity is more important. He was wrong. He was wrong? Yeah. You think Roy Keane was wrong? Roy Keane was wrong. You should have respected the manager. The manager is putting on the powers of the Irish government. I'm asking people questions about whether you should respect your elders. Definitely. Definitely? Yeah, 100%. Even if, even if they've got bad advice for you? Even if they got bad advice for me, as an elder, I will listen to what he's going to tell me. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of what he's going to say might be of good help to okay. me. Calls for the armchair pundits, the washed-up spoofers, to back off Roy's case and take up ballroom dancing instead. Although the front page headline is, Go home, Roy. That's what Mick McCarthy told Keane after the skipper decided to stay. Rarely, if ever, has a footballer generated such saturation coverage. Keane makes the front of all the papers except the Irish Examiner and much of the insides as well. And the World Cup hasn't even started. Eight days to go, the star reminds us. If the Saipan affair ends up in the Leaving Cert history course, you'll need to know about the meeting. This is where the whole team were gathered and Mick McCarthy upbraided Roy Keane for complaining to the Irish Times and Morning Ireland. And that develops, to quote Mick McCarthy, into a slanging match where McCarthy feels he's being abused by his captain in front of the players. Do you remember what he said at the meeting? Sir? Yeah, he said, call them. Uh, Mick, you're not, you, you don't tell the truth. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're never a good player. Uh, you can shove your World Cup, you know where. Yeah, you said uh, somebody you'd stick your World Cup up your ass. Attention, please. Attention, 
as someone mentions me, here's my ten cents. My two cents is free. A new sense, who sent? You sent for me? Now this looks like a job for me. So everybody, just follow me. As World Cup fever grips the nation, the RTE guide revealed... Then, on the morning of Thursday, May 23rd, 2002, Jerry Ryan interrupted his radio show. ...of the Irish squad and talk exclusively to Ireland strike force Robbie Keane and Damien Duff. Um, I'm going to do something kind of fairly Imagine. unprecedented. I'm actually going to inter- interrupt the ads. We've got a quick news flash. I was probably in the car at the time. I was driving down Pear Street and there was a picture of him in a billboard and I was looking at it when it was announced. In a startling new twist to Ireland's World Cup soccer preparations, the side's captain Roy Keane has been sent home from the tournament. I think it was on the M50 or the M4, one of those. I know it was kind of coming to a junction. That's how well I remember it, but it was on one of the motorways at the time. And I think it was the one o'clock news, and it was the headline. Good afternoon. The headlines this Thursday lunchtime. Preparations for Ireland's World Cup soccer campaign have been thrown into disarray after the captain Roy Keane was ordered home. The team manager Mick McCarthy ordered Keane's departure after his criticism of the squad's management. McCarthy said they couldn't take any more disruption. Steve Staunton is the new captain. In other headlines, two Palestinians... I couldn't pull that card in because it was on a motorway. That's all I remember. I've just been in shock about it because we were kind of half planning to go to the World Cup at that stage and people had... I had actually paid money to go and see it type of thing. And the basis that we were going to do well, and I was, I was thinking of all these other things going through my head. What are they going to do, and what are we going to do, and how are we going to get over this? And it was only a football game at the end of the day, you know, but it was, it was so big. Roy Keane is packing his bags and will take no part in the World Cup finals, Irish manager Mick McCarthy announced in Saipan a short time ago. McCarthy claims he was subjected to severe abuse, which he says he cannot and will not tolerate. And so Keane has been sent packing. I mean, Roy Keane like, would be a big fan, like, you know what I mean? Would you? Yeah, yeah. What did you not like about Mick McCarthy? Oh, he's a clown. Well, be on TV, you know. He's a clown. I come here, did it remind you of Anton, that argument between the younger man and the older man? Because that was what no. a lot of people talked about, wasn't it? Mm. Like, who, whether you're right to kind of... He was so talented you should keep him or whether you should always obey the older man? Well, you should have keep him. Can't, can't, look, I'm, they're my two sons, they don't obey me. Is that good or bad? Well, I don't know now, I'll let you know at the end of the night. <laughs> I can't, will not, tolerate, uh, well, not being spoken to that, but the, the, the level of abuse that was thrown at me, so I have uh, sent him home. He thought he was God, didn't he? He thought he was Maradona of Ireland, didn't yeah. he? Did he? He must have. Come here, he's never been allowed back to Cork again. You think so? Well, that's yes, from your opinion. Dave Hannigan is on the line. Keen threatening to leave in the first instance, and that fiasco had kind of left a, a bad smell around the place, and it was affecting the squad. So he had to move quickly because if you let this fester till Sunday, you know, other guys guys aren't going to be focusing on the job in hand. I'm in the Christian Bookshop on Tucky Street in Cork. Yeah. Yeah, so I do sell the Bible and try and promote it, So and Christianity. So I suppose there are ways in the scriptures of uh, trying to reconcile things if you have differences with a person. It first says, go, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Right. So alone, first of all. If he doesn't listen to you, then take two or three others with you and try and be reconciled. The whole idea is to gain your brother. 
if Mick had Mick and Roy had sat down together is what you're saying is it? Well that's the ideal yes but I suppose if they still have difficulties then they should take maybe two or three others that they trust you know and try and reconcile it If you want a sense of what it was like in the country at the time stand outside a house in Donamead, Dublin It's the home of Ireland fan Charlie Gibney and his family A placid sort of place it seems until May 2002 I would be a Mick McCarthy supporter on that now, Brian was on, he would have thought different, completely different than that. But I think he'd done an, an awful thing by walking out on, on, on the team at that stage. I don't think McCarthy knew how to deal with him because he was his best player. And he felt he wanted to send him home, but how can I send him home? Why are you, you shaking know? your head? Well, I, I don't agree with that because I think McCarthy did try to keep him, you know, because he was our best player. And Keane didn't want to be in Saipan. And I think one of the mistakes was that. They should never brought him to Saipan. They should have brought him to the World Cup. But it was a big, it was big, huge talking point in work and in a home here. Obviously, like what's work? Where, where do you work? I'm in the defence forces. And people were all chatting about it, were they? I think everyone, everyone had an opinion on it and given out. And you know, did was... anyone have a hand on a gun when they were expressing it? <laughs> Tell me they didn't, or they weren't sitting in a tank when they were... not, not, they not at the time. They could have had it on the terraces because after that, when we went back to to watch uh, Ireland play. We did have a, have a problem on the terraces because one of Ireland's first matches after we came back from the World Cup was against uh, Switzerland, I think. And there was a lad sitting in front of us and he kept on singing Keen in, McCarthy out. And to be honest with you, I got pissed off with And when, when Switzerland scored the second goal, he was up and he was cheered. No. He did, yes. Yeah. So I pushed him. And... There was a bit of a set too, and he got thrown out of the ground. <laughs> oh, you, you didn't? No, because I knew the steward. <laughs> but the funny thing about it was, a couple of days later, I was in Cork, and I was out having a drink for a customer, and getting a taxi back to the hotel. The taxi man telling me he was on that terraces for that match. And of course, Keane in Cork is God. And he's telling me about this old fella fighting young fellas. Little did I tell him that, that, that I was the one that was doing it. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you, right? What was it like here ten years ago? The rest of the family are girls, <laughs> so they probably diffused the situation a little bit. It was whether Roy Keane was right, whether he should have stayed, whether in Saipan. Right. There, we weren't there, so it's very hard to know, like what what what, what the rapport was between the team. And but if you had been there, we would have got to the final because you would have stopped them round. <laughs> I'm not why, sure. Why are you shaking? That. You're shaking your head now. Why? She just started talking. None of them would have got a word in to have a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been it. Marie started talking, and no one would. That'd be the end of it. Well, at least they'd be talking instead of fighting and insulting each other. Isn't that right? That's right. It's nine o'clock. Roy Keane has left Saipan as he begins the long journey home after being kicked out of the Republic of Ireland World Cup squad. Keane was thrown out yesterday after a row with manager Mick McCarthy. The rest of the Republic squad have arrived in Japan. A BBC reporter quoted Roy as saying he doesn't regret anything that has happened and all he wants to do is go home. And this is where the rest of us got involved. Not in endless debates on Roy versus Mick, Old Ireland versus New Ireland, but in simply squeezing our eyes shut and believing that if we wished for it hard enough, Roy's plane would head back east in time for a happy ending. You gotta work it out. You gotta work it out. 
So is it all over for Keane? Well, the Honorary Secretary of the FAI, Des Casey, says compromise is the only solution. And he also says there might still be a slim chance of resolving the problems caused by Keane's departure. I'm sure everybody is still clinging to the hope that there is a possibility, albeit a very slim possibility, that something might be done to achieve a compromise. And then there was all this period, is he going to return or is he, what's happening, you know? Everyone kind of hoped that Keane would see sense and go back. He stood up for his principles, so we went home and he was right there, yeah. And have you ever been in a situation like that? Yeah, I have been, yeah. Tell me about it. When I was at work one day and uh, a lad wanted me to, to finish off a job before when I, when I already had him told that I was going home at four, but he wanted me to do it and he kept on at me and at me and at me, so I just left at, at one o'clock. So, not the same as Roy Keane, but uh, something, but you know what I mean. I stood up for my principles. I wasn't, I wasn't going to work any later and I just went home, so that was it. And did you lose the job? I did, yeah. And same as Roy Keane, lost his place in the team for a while. And did they kill you when you got home? Um, no, no, my uncle got me back in the, the following week. But I still had to stand up for my principles. Roy Keane? I know that, yeah. What did you think of it at the time? I hated him, but I see the bigger picture now. I thought he'd done the wrong thing, but he didn't. Because a lot of the discussion at the time was about respect for your elders regardless, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it would have been at that time, yeah. yeah. It's a different generation now, I think, of people that aren't brought up that way anymore. Because yeah, I remember... respect yourself, I think, now, more than anything else. And Soyapan was... Roy Keane was respecting himself and what he thought was right for him. The present generation now, and he in particular, I suppose, would expect a lot more... Nowadays, like we would in our my age group, I suppose we would put up a lot more. You know, we would really. We wouldn't be as outspoken, and uh, I suppose we wouldn't stand up for what we thought was right. We'd put up it like sooner than. Uh, but now, I think we all have changed. The older generation definitely. <laughs> the, the, the badger time coming out with the medical card, for instance. That's true. You know, we we are we're standing up a bit more. I must say that. Yeah. I haven't said that. We're probably learning. Even at our time of life, we're learning maybe from the younger generation. Keane was wrong. Keane was too big-headed. Do you think so? Yeah, very big-headed, yeah. My experience was listen to all the people because they put you on the right road. And an all old, the time? Yeah, an old man told me in the dock, when I walked into docks years ago, he said to me, son, enjoy yourself while you can. You're a great little walker because when you die, you'll be dead all your life. <laughs> <laughs> and he's true. And he was a wise little old man. And I walked all my life. And I enjoyed my life. I travelled around the world and I listened to him. And he was really little, nice man, little suit on and walked down the docks. Oh, are you still in the docks or what are you doing? No, this is my shop here now. What is it? What, is, what kind of shop is it? It's a herbal shop. Oh, I doctor see. Lacopo- doctor ML Lacoputra. Myself, my wife is a Chinese doctor. Oh. I moved to China. I moved to the States. I come back from the States. I moved to China. And I met my wife in the hospital over there. She's a doctor uh, over 10 years ago. And three years ago, we came back to Ireland and we opened up this shop here. Brian, look at the front pages and the head and the headline in the Independent. Keen, I was wrong, although the article underneath doesn't in fact use those words. Instead, Roy Keane is said to be in more conciliatory mood. The star says, end the row with a front page editorial that states that this row can and must be settled. The mirror also leading with Roy and Keane. There's also this thing about the fact that it was happening at a different time of day. They were 
20 hours ahead of us. So it was all delayed and there was rumours coming back that he's, he's flying back, he's coming back, he's, the, the, the government was getting involved, there was ble- <laughs> it was mad. It was- Talking with Tom Humphreys of the Irish Times, the man who did the interview with Roy that sparked off this whole episode, he feels some of the players off the record want Roy back, uh, that they realise they're now a weaker team without him. And then after all the sending home, will he come back and you had fellas on telly, Berkey, you know what I mean? I'll bring him back. I'm only imagining somebody put a microphone in front of Bertie and asked him what about the Roy Keane thing and, and he said well if there's any way I can help the general consensus here was uh, that Bertie shouldn't be getting involved I personally don't think Bertie himself wants particularly to get involved in telling Mick how to run his, his team or the FAI how to run their business So you're Declan O'Brien and you're a playwright and you're also the poet laureate of the Liveline Funny Friday. And while Aikino was on and it was a musical about the main characters on the pitch, you decided to write a play about the characters off the pitch, the fans. Well, when we say I'm a playwright, you're kind of overcomplimenting me. I, I do a lot of comedy writing and I, well, as I say, I'm a football fan. In 1990, 1988, we wrote a lot of sketches because of the joy at the time. So... It was such a big story, I felt... The story had written itself in a way, so the background was there. It was only a matter of just kind of saying, you need to write about this before, before people forget about it. Because you do. I mean, looking back ten years, we're all calm about it. But at the time, it was so big, I said, you've got to write about this, you know. Tell me what it's called. It's called Saipan Summer. That Mick McCarthy can send the best player in the team. No, the best player in the World Cup home. It's an absolute disgrace. <laughs> Gives it right, Des, will it? It had nothing to do with Mick McCarthy. Or the FAI. Kane wants to go home from the minute he was sent out there. He's a traitor. He shouldn't be left set foot in this country ever again. Matt, will you keep it down for heaven's sake? I just took the view that if you took a fan who was totally and utterly Roy Kane, and uh, his best mate, and I had one as his best man from the wedding as well, who was totally anti-Roy Kane, and this narrator guy in the middle who's trying to kind of tell the story from both sides and and how it all evolves type of thing and how they fall out and how they come together again and one act in the play is just about the argument about who's right and who's wrong and Niall Quinn getting involved Niall Quinn? Yeah, he's trying to get a deal sorted so Roy can come back surely you can't see there's any harm that Don't start me on Niall Quinn <laughs> Mother Tree's in disguise that fella Fair play to her That's some disguise <laughs> It was the debates that everyone was having in, in, in pubs and in clubs and in offices around the country so I just tried to put that all together. At the end of the first act, the news breaks that Roy Keane is gone and they're all in shock. And the second act then is all them talking about the debate. And the, You remember the great debate with uh, Tommy O'Gorman came on TV? It was like a presidential address. Everyone gathered around their TV sets. It's now almost a week since those first reports began to emerge from the... Roy was in England. We'd only seen him on TV, walking his dog, wearing a tweed cap and a grim expression. Now he was going to be talking to RTE's Tommy Gorman on the 6-1 News. 
Surely he was going to use this as a chance to apologise for losing his temper and ask to be taken back evening, to Japan. In his first major television interview since his dismissal, Roy Keane speaks about the events which led to his departure from Ireland's World Cup squad. I mean, it was like sort of when Kennedy died, where were you when this happened? Because everybody was waiting for it. Everybody was waiting, is he, you know, is he staying or is he going? What happened to me last week, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. I felt I deserved better. No, of course I lost my temper. People will tell you that, people who know me, but people make me out to be a monster and I'm a loner and it's nonsense, absolute nonsense. It caught the attention of the entire city. It was, it was massive at the time. It was what everybody was talking about. But as I said, what happened last week will uh, live with me for a long time. It's hurting you, this? Of course it's hurting me. Dead right it is. We heard another tale of a, a man who was on the phone to his girlfriend in Africa and uh, he left her hanging on the line for 20 minutes and when he came back she was naturally asking uh, where he'd been and it turned out he'd been listening to the Tommy Gorman interview, Roy. If you thought that they'd take you back, that the players wanted they'd you take back, me back. back, yeah. What do you mean if they'd take well, me back? If they thought that they'd love to have you in the team, that Mick McCarthy was prepared to bury the hatchet with you, that he was prepared to apologise, to meet you halfway, that the players wanted you back, what would Roy Keane, the guy who pulls really on a green jersey, know. do? I really don't know. Because I can't see it happening. The uh, weekend sideman wasn't a sort of cushy little week, we thought. I mean, I do remember the first few days that we were uh, sunning ourselves by the pool. and uh, Neil O'Reardon was with the Irish team reporting for the Sun newspaper. That's fine once the story was with the Irish team. But when Roy flew home and went on RTE, Neil and the other journalists had a problem. With poor internet connections, they had no way of hearing the interview that the whole country was glued to. I'm Annette O'Riordan, and uh, my son Neil O'Riordan is a journalist. So we did end up in this ridiculous situation where Neil rang me, and I was in my bedroom with the portable television up on the wall and um, the phone up to the portable television. And, of course, what I didn't realise at the time, because I think you only told me as it was happening, that it wasn't just Neil. He had a, a room full of colleagues doing the same thing. And I just found that very funny, you know. I mean, even in the midst of this national hysteria, I found the idea of holding a phone up to my television in Dublin and 20 or odd journalists over in Japan, you know, listening with bated breath to it. I thought that was very funny. The final straw was when uh, I was accused of being disloyal, fake an injury and uh, going against my teammates in front of everybody. And um, I wouldn't accept it. And... Uh, I still don't accept that. And then there was this kind of silence for about five seconds when it was over. And everyone says, a oh, typical Roy Keane. And I'm just, I know it totally made sense there. And the argument just breaks down completely. I know he's, he's been on television and supported three million people, but he ain't supported to me. He ain't supported to the players. I've not, I've not received any phone calls from Roy, and the squad's not received any phone calls from Roy. And yet, even while we listened to that, we held on to our dream that Roy and Mick would make up in time for the first match in the tournament. Foolish, weren't we? Good morning in Ireland. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. In Japan, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, this is Morning Ireland with Anya Lawler and Callum McCullough. The news headlines, hopes of a return by Roy Keane to the Irish World Cup squad, appear to have been firmly ruled out after the rest of the team rallied behind the manager, Mick McCarthy. In a statement issued in Japan, the players said they had no personal malice towards Keane, but the interests of the squad would be best served without him. 
How are you, Gary? I'm Ronnie Whelan. I am on a walk from Belfast to Dublin. Now going through Drogheda. I'm trying to raise money for a condition my daughter has got called myasthenia gravis. Hey, I'm Ronan Kelly from Hi, Ron, Radio. Right? How are things? Good. Very good. I'm actually in town doing a documentary about Saipan. Yeah, I remember it well. It's still one of those um, moments in Irish football, isn't it, that everyone still talks about? Well, just the whole thing of Roy saying he was coming home. It's like, why? Why are you coming home? It's a World Cup. Um, obviously, he had his, his reasons and he felt strongly enough about it to come home. Which you, you know, you don't just walk out of a World Cup because... I'm a little bit fed up. I think there's a bit more to that than I know. They've done well. That's me done. Rory, bring Josh over. Do one more. Bring Josh over. Ian Hart, Niall Quinn, and Mark Kinsler. So the talking and infighting now is to stop. McCarthy says it's the results on the pitch that the Republic of Ireland squad will be judged on, and in less than half an hour we'll find out if Keane's absence will be felt. Or will Ireland get off to the perfect start in Nagata in the Group E clash with the Lions of Cameroon? Good morning. It's ten years on. We're still talking about Saipan? Of course we are. It was about those universal themes. Compromise, managing talent, showing respect, perfection, holding on to dreams. And you're very welcome to the Big Swan Stadium in Nagata. Good morning. And yeah, it was about sport too. First of all, with regard to the Irish team, Mick McCarthy has named that team inside the last 15 minutes or so. For anyone who doesn't know football or what's been going on since, what about the characters? What are they doing now? What's Roy doing? What's Mick doing? What's Niall doing? Well, Roy has become full circle, as I say. He has become a manager since uh, for a number of teams. He'd always given out about pundits as well, Roy Keane. And uh, he's now a pundit. And uh, he's a pundit with the likes of Patrick Vieira and Gareth Southgate, guys he would have had kind of history with, you know. Mick McCarthy has managed a couple of teams. Now, he's recently sacked as well, but he'll find another job. He's got a great reputation and also has been a pundit himself. And himself and Roy have made up to an extent as well. And Noel Quinn obviously went on to, to great things, but he, he bought the club and he sold the club and he's doing all sorts of things now. And he's also a pundit too, you know. But <clears throat> They've moved on. They have all moved on, and I'd say they'd all have a point with each other and have a laugh about it type of thing. But there are probably supporters still left behind who will say, I'll never talk about this. You know, if they see Mick McCarthy, I'll go mad. If I see Roy Keane, I'll go mad. I turn off the TV, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say that the fans are the ones who had the issues, really. This is just, this is just work for these guys, you know. That team inside the last 15 minutes or so. And a couple of talking points. Of course, Shea given in goal. In defence, uh, Gary Kelly, Ian Hart, Steve Staunton, who captains the side, and Gary Breen. So Gary Kelly in in place of Steve Finnan. Finnan has I'm sure there are times when Roy Keane is sitting back in a chair, relaxing, patting his dog on the head and thinking, what if? Because the bottom line is, you couldn't possibly do anything other but think, what if? Because in actual fact, the team, despite a disastrous introduction to the whole thing, they actually did... Okay. Well, the two captains have exchanged the uh, traditional uh, pre-match uh, pedants and uh, Ireland breaking away left of the halfway line. The Cameroon players down in a huddle right side. Well, I think the main thing was, would we have done better if he had been involved in the team? That, that was the big question. And you think we would? 
Yeah, I definitely think, yeah. In the last while, because it really has been the most traumatic, traumatic uh, 10 days for Irish soccer that I have ever, ever experienced. These players have been through the emotional ringer as we welcome listeners to 2FM here to the Swan Stadium, the big Swan Stadium in Niigata for Ireland's opening game, the opening game of the World Cup in Japan, Ireland against Cameroon. We've done very well in the World Cup, but we could have done a lot better with him. Very close indeed, and a two-all draw uh, just last weekend, which Mick McCarthy was out, and Cameron Dennis in the way. So Ireland make their history. Their third World Cup Finals is underway here in Japan. The ball goes high from the uh, Irish defence this time. It's uh, almost a handball by, in fact, uh, Kevin Kilban has been penalised by the Japanese referee. The ball bouncing up. Well, I reckon we could have nearly done it that time if I stayed. I really did try and think so. I'd say well, we could have gone to the final. Eh? pressure there from Robbie Keane and uh, Wigan Bear Song, the captain, forced to clear it out of play and concede the throw to Ireland. We could have won the World Cup that year if he had to stay. 12 yards or so from the Cameroon corner flank, played into the feet of Robbie Keane, back to McIntyre, switches it back to Gary Kelly, loops one into the penalty area, oh, Gilbert was trying to hook his boot around that ball, he had a defender in tow and uh, he had Wigan Bear Song, the captain of uh, Cameroon in tow there, just couldn't wrap his foot around it and get a shot on target. That was a good early ball that uh, Gary Kelly whipped in there.